You are listening to DFPN, the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you'd like to advertise with us or have a great podcast idea that needs a home, please reach out to us at podcastdatfeeling at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcasts. And always remember to question the answers. Go get it. with me somebody who produced some of your favorite records now uh, on from desk low we believe that the producer des- deserves just as much shine as the artist i have a legend on the phone so without further introduction i have the one and only buckwise what's up king how you doing we're doing pretty good over here how are you today on this fine friday man i'm blessed you know what i'm saying it's always a blessing you know to even be working yes. you know what i'm saying that's what i tell people you know, well, count your blessings. Speaking of working, I just want to let you know that government cheese, fire. Thank you, brother. You know, times is changing. We have to adjust with the beast. And it's like we got to be competitive with everything that's going on. Like, I see a lot of youngins, they feeling it too. So it's like, it has no age. Like, I think we have no age restrictions on that record. So I'm blessed, man. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that people enjoy the record. You know, that's my main thing with, with producing music. And you want people to enjoy the music as opposed to just listening to it. Not, you know, not just listening, but it's like, you know, sometimes we have beats and it's like we get a head nod. The head nod is cool. But I believe that sometimes the instruments should be infectious and make you want to move and, and give you a certain energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm with, I'm with the head nod all day. But if it makes you move, then it's like then the music has, t- has, has touched your soul. If you just head nod, then it's like then you're just listening to the beat. The drums hit on the kick, snare, kick, snare. That's your head nod. But if it touches you deep inside, then it's like it's it's touching your soul and it's it's having a ride. You're like father, like son, like beat the dust for me. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's all cool, man. Like I say, people have to appreciate it. That's how you get the replay value. Ooh. And it's like that's what that's what I'm about. You know, I hear people this this producer's better than this one, this producer's better than that one. This one is great, that one is great. But at the end of the day, it's like you don't hear their energy in the air, which is the music they made. Yeah, that's very true. And you actually throughout many of years your energy's been around, even like with like I love how you work with new artists like the trafficking with pounds. Oh my god, there's some of your best beats on that. 
so far. We ain't done yet, <laughs> you know? But I, I believe when you take some time off, like, even for me, you have to try to come out with something that people are really enjoying. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to lie, it's like a lot of people really enjoyed that album, and people are still discovering it. And, you know, and I tried to tell Pounds, like, yo, well, sometimes it takes a little while. You know, I've seen Benny drop the plug, um, was it the plugs I met? Yeah, it was the plugs I met. And 2018, right? Uh, 2019. Uh uh. It was October 2018. Oh, uh, maybe that was Tana Talk 3. Oh, yeah, Tana Talk 3. And he dropped the plugs I met the following year. Yes. He, he, I don't think he had to drop the plugs I met because he was still on a high from Tana Talk 3. Yes, yes, you're definitely you know? correct. And being in the studio with Alchemist and Darren when they did the album, I was like, yo, this is it right here. This is the replay value that people been looking for. Wow, you, you got know, to hear that early. Huh? You got to hear that early. Yeah, I did. I, I was in L.A., and it's like when I came home, I was telling people about it. But we need these things because it's inspiration. Like, Alchemist has always been an inspiration for me. Like, he's the one dude that's not in my circle where it's like he inspires, you know? Good human being. Is, is uh, DJ Premier still a blueprint for you, Buckwild? He's always. That's the, that's the, that's the chase. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter what Primo's doing, we want Primo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, looking at it, it's like, you know, and I, I tell them that all the time, you know? Like, yo, you the blueprint. Like, yo, you make us level up. You know? Uh-huh. And it's beautiful to have him as my friend where it's like we can speak on the phone and I can honestly tell him these things now. And also, honestly, too, like, Friendship is way more important than actually doing a song together, I tell people, too. Yeah, like, with me, O.C. is my brother first before we make music. And we made a record that lasted more than 20, that lasted 25 years. Yeah. Time's you up know, for the people who don't know, but they should. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I believe he's one of those people where it's like, when he raps, it's like, it's so, like he delivers. And, and every you know, single time, every single yeah. time. That's what I say. So I, I call him more of a prophet than a rapper. Ooh, I like that. I like that because he raps and it's like, and a lot of things he says is like there's hidden gems in his raps. <laughs> so I call him. I call him a prophet. Like he knows, he has a good conscience and a good science on things that are happening and how they're not happening, and how they need to happen. You know, and you can't find that with everybody. He's not just going to give you some words just for the fuck of it. He's going to give you something meaningful to make you think about it. So even go back to looking at Time's Up, uh, and this is how I see it. The rap generation changes every four years. Every four years, people have a gripe about it. And it's like, he is the one person, when he made this record, where it stands for that gripe about how you feel like other artists. And artists who aren't really delivering what you what they feel you should be delivering to the table. Every record a person makes has to be meaningful. So it's like we're gonna try to bring that part back. Not just because you got a hot beat from the producer that you like, but because it's like you're saying something and the artist is, has has a um a canvas to paint his picture on. Ooh. Yeah, because like that's what it takes too. Like I always tell people too, no artist has ever painted a picture just by acapella. You need that producer element in the room. Yeah, you need that person to give you something, uh, uh, to give you a canvas just for you. So even though you hear the beat, but it's still a blank canvas. You know, uh, one of your songs that best describes that is "Far from Yours." 
Yeah, you know, like I say, for me, me and O have a special magic that I think, you know, like a kindred spirit where it's like, I think we work good together. Um, is it true, because you're speaking of, uh, like, he's like a prophet too, you're also a prophet as well too, Mr. Best. Is it true that you would have been a scientist if you didn't get into producing? I think I would have. Okay. Because I, w I was going to schools in New York where it's like, you know, Stuyvesant and Brooklyn Tech, you know, and it's like Bronx High School of Science, that's probably where I would have went, you know. If I had my head on straight, I would have went there and I wouldn't be a producer. Was this uh, at the time when you were working at that supermarket and you used to play death certificate during your graveyard shifts? Nah, this is the time before then when it's like when I was actually graduating from junior high school. Okay. You know, and those were the schools that I made it to. And they, my teacher told me and I didn't take, I took it lightly. They was like, yo, you made it to the three top high schools in New York. No one really has that achievement. Not too many people can boast and say that they did that. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, to get accepted to all three. Yeah, that's a, that's an accomplishment. And, and the yeah. You know, but not knowing and being young, I call it being young and dumb. It's like I made kind of like some wrong decisions in my time. And it's okay because it's like when you make a wrong decision, you're able to try to correct your decisions also. It's a lesson, I like to say. Yeah, it's a lesson. You know, you have to see what it is. You know, and even though I became... I made something of myself, but it's like I can only imagine how I would be if I was really a scientist or digging into science and have some background in science. Yeah. Well, we never would have got classic records. I'm just going to say that right now. Well, maybe it would have been somebody else to do it. You know, I never I never count out the universe. I think we all pull a, a number when we come in this. And if I didn't pull, you know, the number that I have for music, maybe somebody else would have. Really? That's a very interesting take. Yeah, you know, it's all cool because it's like everyone has a spot that they hold. It's it's like it's like sports. If I held, if my team was the number one team in the East and it's like if we weren't there and it's like we fell off and went to the bottom, there'd be another team there. Yeah, Golden State Warriors was the number one in the West. This should be somebody else. They're not going to vacate that spot just because you're not there. Yeah, that's that's good. Well, that's a, also a good way of wording it, too, because, like, pulling a card, too, is very rare, too. Like, now, even, like, with, like, some of your beats, too, I know a lot of people, they ask you, like, the most obvious questions. Like, can you tell me I got a story to tell? Or, like, the big L. Most, like, and I noticed, like, a lot of people, they don't really ask you about, like, the album cuts, like, like the pain and torture off The Last Kiss, like, or, or like, um, my lifestyle, or what you think of that. Yeah, well, sometimes it's like, I think people, they look at the cliche things, you know, even with that, like, and you say pain and torture, because that's odd, too, because a lot of people, they really look at that record, because I, I feel like for me, like, in the beginning, I was doing underground, okay. a lot of underground stuff, and then it's like, I just start graduating to reach a different audience and, and different audiences, so coming out it's like it's, it's more competitive when you start reaching different audiences you know walking in the studio working with Babyface and it's like you see Pharrell standing right there talking about play you some beats you know doing R&B and it's like being able to have a, a record like Faith Faith Evans where people like Brian Michael Cox and others are, they're applauding you for your work I think sometimes what makes a producer is not just doing one thing 
if I stay in hip hop, then it's like, then I'm not really producing anything. But for me to venture into lands where it's like, that I didn't, you know, know if I can do it or not, and having, you know, the guts to be like, all right, let me try something different. That's what makes you a producer when you can, um, you know, when you can achieve these things. Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of records I've done. Like I said, it's the same thing. I did a record with 702. Very good record. Sherry Dennis, very good record. You know, produced the record for Babyface album. To me, that's the high. That's like producing for Dr. Dre. You know, but we're not in the R&B culture. Yeah. Very few people know that. And they'd be like, wow, yo, you did this record for Babyface. I really liked it. Well, thank you, you know. So I look at this like I want to be able to have a, a a colorful discography in that manner where it's like when I'm looking at things, like I've done a lot of great things. Yeah, because none you know, of your beats ever sound the same. Well, I I kind of try to pride that. Like, months of hair it is just me. Yeah. You know, but it's like I try to always have something different. So if one artist hears it, they'd be like, oh, you know, I want something like you gave uh, this guy here. And meanwhile, it's like you got you can have pain and torture. You can have my lifestyle. What you think of that? You can have she's gone, Remy's record, and all these other records which was right before it. But they'll want the new one, and that's cool. But then what I'll do is like I'll try to switch up the sound completely to make people forget about those records. Ooh. So if I could make records, and it's like if I could make you forget about a record that you like, and then jump on the new record, then I feel my job is done also. Because people, we're used to having the same thing. Like, if you wanted a burger and it's like hamburger was your favorite thing, and it was a place, you know, down the block from your crib, and you're like, wow, you know, yeah, I need to go there because it's a comfort thing with having something that you know. But when you get something that you don't know and you have that experience, it's a new experience for you. And, and, and uh, stepping out the box is always a good thing. Yeah. So, I like that, you know? And people are looking, it's like, I know, I see a lot of people, they're used to just having a lot of underground records and say this is the best thing, but it's like, I believe we can grow more if we do a little out the box. Yeah. And we just have a little more experience. Oh, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, yes, most definitely, too. Yeah. Like, like um, when I found out that you did some of Babyface, like, I didn't know, you didn't know a thing about R&B for six months. Like, that was like the first R&B person you ever worked with? Um, yeah, it was the first one. He taught wow. me a lot of the ins and outs. It was the, he taught me the ins and outs of R&B, and I was just doing programming for him. And then we was in a studio, and he told me, he said, yo, you can produce R&B. I want you to make a record for me. And I was like, yo, I never did an R&B record. He said, yo, it's like hip-hop. You know, you have your main version you rap on, then you have your B section, which is a bridge, and you have your chorus. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a powerful way to look at it. You know, I crafted the beat, and it's like, you know, he played, you know, all the keys of the instruments on it, and that was that. And it's like, I was like, wow, that easy, huh? And I came home, and it's like the record we had was the Faith Evans and the Sherry Dennis record. And then after we had, I had the Faith record, you know, I had 702. And I could have, what I needed to do was go on an R&B tenor and it's like, just go crazy. But I didn't do that. I should have just stayed in that water and learned to swim in it. Okay. You know, right? Okay, because like I was gonna say, that working out by on that baby face song, ooh, that's fire! I love that song. Yeah, so like I look at it and it's like, but sometimes more is is, is better because it's like you can go from song to song, and I know for people, even for me, yeah. When I like when I like an artist or their production, even back when when I used to work, 
I would like to have a whole bunch, a plethora of it so I can sit and I could put it on one cassette, CD, whatever, and I could just vibe with it the whole day or the whole night. Okay. That's how I got up on Premiere because what I used to do also was I, I used to DJ. So when I was DJing, it's like I, I it's like unconsciously thinking I would be playing a lot of Premiere records on my mixtape. You know, from Twig, Gangstar, all this other stuff. You know, and it was at a, at a different time for us. You know, so I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know what? These were the records that resonated with me. And it's like, I didn't even know. So imagine if I put his whole discography, you know, Molly Ma, the same thing. You would be picking out certain records. And it's like, to have, and it's like, what it did for me is it gave me an eclectic taste. Okay. So I had, it was a certain bar here in music that it had to be over. Because to me, Molly's been one of the greatest of all time. Being a kid, being a kid and looking at it, it's like, and buying records like every week. Every week, Molly was dropping an album with a different artist, and it's like, and I was going to buy the album the next one week, next week, the week after. <laughs> and it's like, now nah, I look at it, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. We didn't know what we were doing then, but we just knew that we were supporting a great movement. And I like how you said Molly's one of the greats, too. That's facts right there. Yeah, him and Dre. Him, Dre, and especially Bomb Squad. Oh, they don't Bomb get Squad is, no, Bomb, like nah, they, they don't get the credit that they deserve, but yeah. Bomb Squad, they're very intricate with things, and it's like how they put so many different parts of music together and, and make it fit, keep it in key. It's like I think that they're incredible at what they do, but no one really looks and brings them bouquet of flowers and be like, yo, you know, if I was a young dude, that's who I would study right now. The Bomb Squad. Mm-hmm. Like Ice Cube's first like, album, that was phenomenal. Yeah, that's a matter of fact. Those were one of the albums that made me want to do beats. Really? Like we used to sit, we used to sit and listen to the instrumental. Wow! Like what's for America's time most wanted? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, is Ice Cube. People would think Ice Cube is an East Coast rapper the way that he raps, and it's like he has such an amazing discography also, and he's changed. And it's like when you're able to bend the curve of what people are doing, he's one of the guys like that. Like, he lives on the West Coast. He bent, he bent the curve, the lineage of what they were doing to do something else and then bent it again to do something else. West Side Connection, all of this other great stuff that he's done. Ooh. You know, so looking at him, it's like he's a guy people don't praise enough. Yeah, that's fact. You know, we always praise Dre, but we never praise Ice Cube. Yeah. You know, Ice Cube wrote if I'm not mistaken, if he did write the whole NWA album or fifty percent, seventy five percent, whatever it is, and then go write Death Certificate. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you look, it's like he's he always was great at what he did. You know? And like too, like even to have like a phenomenal acting career, like even like with Boys in the Hood too. Yeah, like that's that takes a special person and it's like you look at it people come in and it's like you can be special people just depends on you know how far you're willing to bend and you can always come back for me I look at it like hey you know what I produced all these records before I want another run and I want to run it up and it's like and I can do some different things this time since I know okay um now like cause like I said you're, you've been going strong for a long time Mr. Best what inspired your Abandoned Beats project Oh, I just had some beats sitting around. Oh, just <laughs> some were used, some weren't. And but I also know, like when I look at people, and they always talk about how dope beats are, and it's like I have, you know, people that I know, and they look and they be like, "Oh, these are phenomenal." Then when I put it on the internet, on iTunes, 
it gave the people a glimpse. They're like, oh, you just dropped this Pounds album. Those beats are dope, but where did you get these from? And I'm ready to drop another one in a second. Maybe in the March, I'm going to drop another one. Okay. Of a bad beat, song with Pounds, right? Uh, no, nah, just a beat tape. Okay, okay. Because I look at it like this. We're in a time now where it's like you got to hit people every, every, every day with something new. So I need that. It's like I've been sprinkling little things here, and it's like, hey, man, I believe it's working. Where it's like people are looking, and they be like, wow, you know, you make really dope beats. And I can be like, well, I think I've always had. But now I think from the learning and evolving, it's like I'm getting better. So if I'm getting better, it's like I want people to really see it. I'm not still making beats from, you know, 99 and where it's like, okay, I got a loop and I'm going to program some drums and it's like, you know, that'd be it. But it's like I actually want to make production, meaningful production. A Twisted Dre, a, a Twisted Premier, a Twisted a Bomb Squad, Herbie Lovebug, all these people that I grew up listening to, you know? And it says that you're inspirational, too, because, like, it's not like you're trying to bite off them. It's like, these people are inspiring me to make this kind of music. And I always tell people, too, they're wise. It's a certain bar that you have to have. And I look at it, and especially in the times when I did Biggie record, and it's, like, moving forward, Punch record, etc. I looked at a certain bar. I didn't look at saying, hey, I'm, they inspired me, but I'm going to make the same beat. No, I want to make a beat that has the same reaction that they get. Okay. Like, one person that always did that to me was having an alchemist. Okay. Like, I, w I was always a Mob Deep fan. So, looking at it, I always wanted to get... I wanted the, re the response from people. I didn't want the beat. I just wanted the response. So, if I put out a record, like, even Time's Up, people listen to it now, the response I get from that, that's, like, Havoc-ish. Where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, this is the shit right here. I can remember when this came, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. So, I, I like those accolades. Not to say, hey, you know, I want to make a beat just like the one you made. Hell no. I want to make something that's on the polar opposite of what you made to give people the same reaction and the same feeling. I mean, that's very rare, too, because a lot of people are like, I just want to make the beat, but you do it for the reaction. That's something money can never buy. Not just the reaction, but it's like a, a person's reaction and how they vibe to it and how they feel. That's for the people. So it's like when the reaction comes, I know that they're enjoying it. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I, I people sp people spend money on it. Yeah, let me give you, let me give you your money's worth. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what, that I still have this thing wrapped in the plastic. That Black Rob record where you did whoa, I still have that wrapped in the plastic. I'm like, this is a classic. Yeah, thank you, bro. And it's like 20 years later. <laughs> it's still kicking everywhere. Oh man, yo, I go crazy when I hear that in the car. You know, and it, you know, it's it's a blessing. That's why I say I look at it, and it's like the universe picked me to make these things here. And it's like me out of everybody. It's like I believe that that's a phenomenal thing because it's like where, like, it, this is this had to be like the destiny, even to be able to make records now. Yeah, and, and look at it, it's like okay, cool. We got Dave Loaf on this record on Kiss. Days Loaf is a whole nother generation of artists. And she sounds phenomenal on the record. You, that Melly's? That was the first time I ever heard of Melly's. I would like to hear of you and Melly's more. I think you will. Okay. You know, I, okay. I, I, I finally spoke to Melly's the other day. I would like to too. I like him and I like Millie, uh, and Nino Man. Okay. You know, they're both Jada artists. They both are signed to Raspy. And I think um, Nino Man's album is done. But Millie's isn't done yet, and it's like, you know, I got to kick with him. 
we exchange numbers. So it's like, def- I'm definitely going to try to make that happen. Very good guy. I like his energy. And, you know, energy is the one thing that drives us. So I don't want to yeah. just do it just because. Like, yo, it's, it's a connection there. So if we have that connection, let's try to make this happen. And then you're, you're also like a very humbled soul who likes to embrace these new artists too. Like I noticed that you've been working with my Canadian brethren, Aeson, Eastwood, and Danielson. Danielson is the truth, man. I love that <laughs> yes, kid. Sir. And looking at it, it's like, that's why I say looking at it. I want to be one of the first dudes to help a lot of these dudes with. Like I'm working with them. Like I was talking to Rome Streets yesterday. Okay. And we're going to work. I love Rome's work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, it's Candy and, 3. Him and Rem the Villain. Okay. Oh, you you, know? you up early on the walkers, I see. Yeah, I try to always... I love hip-hop, so I try to keep my ear to the street always. Everyone has something that they do. It's like, I've been working with, with artists early from FT and all these other cats in the 90s, remember? That's how I had all these independent records. Nope. I'll be the guinea pig. I don't care. <laughs> but I know eventually people are going to be like, yo, I need a primo beat. So let me get one early so it's like you can see. You know? And, it's, and, you know, everyone has their job. And it's like, with well, my job, I think maybe that was my job, you know, to come in and introduce these artists and give them a platform. Beanie Siegel, I was the first one to work with Beanie. Really? That's, wow. That, yeah, that's how we got with a thug about. I never knew that. And I don't keep it a buck. We did 12 songs. 11 of them are still on ice somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But the most beautiful thing, like, somebody interviewed me the other day, and it was like, yo, you know, like, yo, you guys are, like, kindred spirits, but it's like, y'all work really good together. He's like, yo, I would have loved to hear an album from both of y'all. And I was like, somewhere there's an album sitting. I don't know where it's at now, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, you don't have to say the names to these artists. Do you have, like, a lot of unreleased records, like, that you just play in your phone for your own personal playlist? No, most of the time I do records, they released. Okay. Okay. I'm never, I've, and it's like I've never had that pleasure to be like, yo, I got um, five unreleased Big L records. If I had five Big L records, they would have been released when they did the um, the big picture. Okay. You know. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine. Folks are late. Yeah. So looking at it, it's like I'm very confident with 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 who I am and what my job is and my role is in hip hop and as a producer. That I don't worry about, oh, you know, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. I don't have any unreleased records, really, you know? Yeah. So even doing rare and unreleased, that's that's as close as it became, okay. you know? So, you know, like I say, for me, I'm happy with my role. I'm blessed to be able to do the things that I do that I do, that I do now and blessed to, you know, the things that I've done. Like I said, even yesterday with them releasing this, um... I've seen a lot of cats that I know who are at labels now with some of the younger cats who are like, hey, you know, well, well, we're about to be back to work. We need something. You need to call me today. Okay. And that's a blessing because looking at it, a lot of people can't get that. And it's like when I see that, I look to deliver. So if I can deliver, that spreads the word also. And you always deliver, Buckwild. You always that's how That's how I got on Games album. Okay. Because I did a record for Fifty, and I did a record for this kid, for this cat Smitty who wrote for Dre. And when Smitty and his partner went to LA, they played his album, "What We Were Doing," for Game and Angelo, who was his A and R. And next thing you know, I'm sending Game beats, and he he lands in New York, and we go in the studio. Me, him, Just Blaze, and some other people just had a few records. He had two records, I had one, so that was the session. He's here for a day. He has to record these three records. 
Wow, you were actually in the studio witnessing that magic. Yeah, it's like I'm always in the studio. Oh, is it? I'm, 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 I'm happy because I come from that time with the producer-artist interaction. I was just going to say that. So we have that relationship with the artist. Able to call them the next day, hey, you know, well, I think we need to go back and touch this part. You know, this part right here is really strong. Maybe we should take this and put it here. You know, however it is. So it's like we construct the record by having the ideas with each other. It's, it's different now. We move at a faster pace, so everything has to be precise. Can you remember the first thing that game said to you when you shook his hand? Nah, not really. <laughs> but he was, re he was really cool, though, you know? And that was, that's what really, like, a lot of these guys who's like, they have a different persona on TV and social media. Yeah. Are, like, the coolest guys, like, for me meeting them. I'm not going to say that for everybody. Yeah. Man, game was really cool. Even when I went to L.A., a few times I went to L.A., it's like I stopped by the studio and checked them and hung out with them. And that, and that shows, like, the like the energy that you brought, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I'm a person, it's like, I want to bring that energy, and it's like, when you look, we're all human first. You know, it's like if you have a pack of dogs, if you come in peace, you leave in peace. And, 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 and that's what I believe in. So it's like whatever energy you bring in is the energy you leave out with. Yeah, that, that that's also... I, I'm going to use that saying about the pack of dogs now. Wow, that's going to stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I look at it, man. It's like, you know, it's so crazy because when we look at it, man, it's like when we show each other the love and respect that we can show them, it makes things a lot easier. That's how when you look and it's like people are like something happens with a person. What do they remember you for the most? Like, yo, if you were showing love and, you know, and you were very respectful and things like that, that's what makes the bond stronger. Yeah. Because you start to have that connection. Well, and also, too, like, you're a very well-respected producer as well, too. Like, I can only imagine, like, your first day going to D&D &D Studios. Well, I think the first time I went to D&D &D was with Finesse, just because um, he did a Yes, You May remix. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I will spoil you with a lot of things, even be able to come in and then have to come back to him. But it's like I also worked hard for it. So even today, like, they dropped us. It's like, you know, we handled everything we needed to see yesterday. But I'm up now, like, reconnecting with some of the people who put out there like they want to work. Yeah. Because it's major. And it's like, I think as producers, we, like, even if you're an older producer, you need more examples of your work than you do of your older examples. Ooh. Like, hey, you did this, but what have you done lately? Oh, I did this, 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 and this. Oh. oh, I got something dropping today. So we need that more than anything. And it, and it has to be because when you look at it, no one no one puts a tag on you and say you can't do anything. We put ourselves in a box. Yeah. That's why I could say, you know, for me, I think the Jada record, it's new school with a twist of old school. Okay. So it's like, to me, everything is just adaptation. And it's like, I look like in science and see how I can adapt to what's going on now. I'm not trying to shake my finger in their face and be like, nah, you got to do things like this. That's how we did it before. That was before. You know? We're not making records the same way we did, like, you know, like Isaac Hayes and them, and, you know, the Parliament, everybody made records. There was no drum machine. So we can't look and say this is how you make music. So we have to adapt and change things as life changes. Wow, that's a very... I hope a lot of producers listen and take that into perspective, too. I don't think they do sometimes because I see a lot of cats. They want to be like, and I think some people, they want to, some people do. And some people are like, they want to have that premier glory.
like you're making these glory records of the 90s. Yeah. I know. You know? And, and, and that's cool, too, because when you look at the Griselda thing, but even for them, they're going to have to, like, if you're signed to Jay-Z or whoever you signed to, they're going to want radio records from you. And it's like, it's not saying you have to conform, but then it's like, when you look at the guys who are more in your lane, like Wu-Tang, you have to learn how to make a bring the pain. You have to learn how to make a cream. You know, you have to learn how to make different records and adapt because it's like those records make people move. You can't just head nod your way to a hit record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fact. Yeah, like, you know, Ice Cream, all these great Wu-Tang records, when you look at it, that's how I see some of the artists now. So when I work with Rome, if I'm like, okay, are we just keeping it underground or if we're trying to move you to another level then i know with certain things that he's going to need because you have that ear you have because i always say this producers have way more advanced ears than the average person because it's like um you're producer number one the number two for me i think in my case i'm just a fan of hip-hop and when i when i'm hearing the woo and it's like a lot of other groups i'm like all right cool just these are the records that move me and it's like, when I look at the records that move me, then I'm like, okay, if I had to produce a record, then I need to have the same energy. <laughs> and like, even like with you, like, in, like I like how you said Roma Streets too. You um, worked with um, the person who was my breakout interview, the beloved Flea Lord. Who? Flea Lord? Yes, sir. Yeah, we putting something together now. I'm waiting for him to come back tomorrow so we can finish oh, up. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. That love life you did with him and Graf. Oh, my God. I yeah. My morning See, but this, for me, this is this is like I, I embark on the same thing, too. When I first heard Flea Lord, I don't think he had a project out yet, but it's like I was like, yo, I want to work with you. And then when I spoke to my boy Mayhem Loren, he said, yo, man, I'm going to work with Flea Lord. He don't have really nothing out yet, but I just like his energy. I love Flea Lord as a person, not as the rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Because his, his energy as a person is so great. You know, he's not like any other rapper. And it's like, people got to understand that. I look at him as a human being first. I don't really look at him. And it's hard sometimes. It's like, I forget that he's in the industry, you know, doing things in the industry. Because it's like, yo, him, you know, French. French is his man. And it's like, being with them, like, yo, their energy is so dope. Yeah. You know? Shout and and I look French. at it, like, they, they, they are so grounded, just like, you know, Griselda. Yeah. Like, I haven't been around those dudes in a minute, but it's like, yo, there's so much love there. And it's like, three three years ago, when they here and they doing shows, it's like, I'm there. <laughs> Almost every show that they came to, like, the first show they had was like, we all came out. I remember I seen Rayquan there, I seen Prodigy there, so many people, but it's just like, for them, it's like, who they are, people love them for the people that they are. Not because they can do everything else. Nowadays, everyone's jumping on a bandwagon. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh, these are my mans. I want to come and I want to vibe and I want to do this. Like Ed OG say, you wasn't down when we was riding the bus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you you wanted to get on after you saw where we we didn't have to do the bus anymore. Like, yeah, that's what I say. Like, personally-wise, these guys, like, yo, they're great people. You know, and it's, it's, it's a shout to them and their entourage, the guys they were bringing down with them. Because looking, it's like, you know, before before the Rock Nation, before the Shady, it's like now people are like, yo, you know what? Yeah, Griselda. So it's like you have to have something as a benchmark for what you feel is hip-hop. So they'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I kind of fuck with Griselda. Yeah, that's a cliche thing to say, but you wasn't fucking with them before, three, four years ago. Yeah. 
Like, no. Shout out to Combat Jack. If it wasn't for Combat, I would have been mad late. So shout out to Combat. We met you. <laughs> R.I.P. Combat. R.I.P. To that the... was my that was my guy too. I was and it's like you. the one thing I love about him is like he always gave a fuck about people. He was a people first person, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of artists and they don't know that he was one of like Reggie. He was AZ's lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look, it's like it's history, and it's like that history. He cared about the culture. He cared about the people. He cared about the artists. He could he could have been a person to be like, I just want to make money from this right now, man. So what I'm doing is, but he 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 gave a flying fuck. Like when they say people don't give a flying fuck, he gave more than one flying fuck. And it's like you know, forever. It's like he's in our memories, and it's like not just because he had you know the show, but just as him as a person. Like you, I think people have to be able to experience that with some of the people that we have to know what they're really dealing with, yeah. you know. So if you if you had the chance to really have a conversation with him, you would know, you know him, Premium Pete, Dallas Penn, Just Blaze, etc. Like yo, we the one that's the one thing I love about hip hop because we meet so many interesting people in our journeys, and it's not because of hey you know. You did some great things. It's like, yo, when you can sit with them as people and you see who they are and it's like you start understanding, you're like, wow, you know, I'm really blessed to be here right now. Yeah. It's like, wow, you're just like me. This is just how I am. And it's like, I look, I'm a person first and I'm a fan first. And that's why your blessings will come in millions because you do it because it's your passion and it's something you love. Yeah, this is my passion. It's like, you know, I look and it's competitive. You know, like, sometimes, you know, back then being competitive with Just, but it's like, I've been a Just crib, we hang out, we talk, like, hey, you know, we're, you're doing everything, you're crossing over, well, I have a bunch of sound libraries, I'm digitizing, you know, well, let me know, I can give you the link to them, so it's like, you can just have records digitized. Like, we met people, and it's like, we, we created such a bond, that it's like, sometimes people don't really understand that, they think, you know, some of the greatest people, you know? Yeah. And... That's what it is, um, you know. And you know, just having love for them, it's like when you get. So one thing I can say, and I love, it's like I got to meet them as people, like people like that, the Jay Zs, the Biggies, the Just Blazers, the Hank Shockleys, you know, all of these Bismarck. I got to meet them as people, not just as you know their their alias. Yeah, the artists. You got to meet them as their as their individual form. Yeah, well, both of them, both sides, the artists and, you know, their personal side. Yeah, that's You know, that's and it's what been it people, true. and then, you know, I have people like my friend Matt, he's the one who introduced me really, to, and, well, not introduced you know, not like, hey, this is Just, this is Buck, this is Buck. He's the one who kind of put me together with him, you know, and it's like the, to see that and see the respect, and it's like I look, and I'm like, wow, you know, this guy's incredible. Yeah. When he was Just Blaze the Engineer. <laughs> you know when he was starting to make beats when he had the dreads yes indeed but he still was a great person yeah and that person who he was is the thing that shined through and then it's like once you see who he was a person that shined through then when you paid attention to his beats you was like wow this guy's amazing not only are you an amazing person but you make amazing beats yeah I love you know? I love Bla just Blaze's personality, especially like when he go nerds out with the Transformers. Like, yo, I love Transformers. Yeah. Same thing with Clark Kent. Clark is my guy. Some people can't take his; they can't take him. Clark was one of the first people I met in the industry when I was DJing. Really? I used, I used to go get records from him in Atlantic. 
I love Clark because Clark gives it to you hands down. No, <laughs> nothing dressed up. He's going to give it to you clean and cut. That, well, that's how it should be. Yeah, if he doesn't like something, y'all think this is whack. And that's how he's going to say it. And he's going to tell you why he thinks it's whack. Some people can't take that. No, they can't. So, no. so for Clark, some people are just an acquired taste because it's like he can give you praise. At the same time, he can give you an opinion that's not for what you're doing. Yeah, constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And that's so honest. And we need people like that instead of having people, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but some people, they used to be like, oh, you know, they don't really fuck with Clark. Like, yo, you can't fuck with them. Yeah. You need a person that you could go to and they tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. You know? That's a life lesson for anyone. That's great. You know, if you can't take it, then it's like you're, you're in the wrong profession. Because you need that. Because it's like if you don't have that, then it's like you're going to go out and keep messing up. Yeah, and no one's going to correct you. It's like, dude, and, I don't know Yeah, and it. no one's going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Okay. You know, or if you're wrong. And that's why people like him are so necessary. Well, even like you too, like embracing the youth too. Because we we also need a lot more people embracing the youth. Like even with producers too. Like you produced eight is enough. Now the reason where I'm going with this is like that was a young killer cam. Look what cam's at now. Yeah, that was young Big L too. Yeah. So looking at it, and I'm gonna be honest. Looking at Cam and these guys who was on eight eight is enough, and seeing like Cam in the street with Jim Jones back in those times and their aspirations and wanting to rap. I'm in my mind, I'm like, yo, you guys want to rap. Y'all don't know that I just started making beats. <laughs> you know? And he's, you know, they was like, yo, you know, and, you know, and I'm cool with Cam and I'm cool with Jer. Like, yo, we just kind of wanted, like, they wanted to do their own thing. Like, oh, you know, gave him the number and it's like, you know, we always click. We've seen each other around, especially as time went on. I would see him with Big. You know, I would see him by himself. I, I seen him when they started, when they was doing Diplomats. Just to be proud of what they done. It's like I know Cam just as long as I almost as long as I knew L. Maybe two years after. And seeing what Cam did, it's like, you know, you get to tell me like, yo, I'm proud of you of what you're doing. It's like you took this and it's like you made strides that everyone else isn't doing. Is there, is there, is there an artist oh sorry to cut you off, uh, Mr. Best. Is there an artist out there that made you say anything's possible? Like that artist that made you say anything's possible? What you mean by that? Like by seeing, by like seeing like the like the reception of like how the people gravitated towards him. It's like wow, like I seen this. Yeah, that, that was Biggie. Okay, okay. Biggie came from. Remember before party and bullshit, people would look at him. He got on the army coat. He's not so flossy. Yeah. Then he does party. He does the super cat video. He does party and bullshit. He goes on. Then he drops. You know, um, warning and all these other records and juicy. Then before you know it, pow, he's Big Papa. Yeah, and he he was the one who taught me certain things too. Like I learned a lot about my structure of albums and type of beats to give people and make sure that I have a good pocket for them from him. Wow. He he would always tell me like, "Yo, you make dope beats, but you got nothing I can rap to." <laughs> he said, "Wow." He said, "Yo, you make dope beats, but you don't have nothing that I can rap to." This is about a year before we did story to tell. Wow. And then it's like, my man Derek, he used to manage Scott Storch. Okay, okay. He said he said the same thing. But he was the one who told me, like, yo, you need to go to L.A. for a little while. So I packed up and I went to L.A. 
And the one thing I heard was the vibe. That's the one thing I learned from being there is the vibe in the pocket. Yeah. And I came back and it's like, that's when, not for me, is when everything really started just taking off where I could come outside and have a Frank stand and it's like, I could just be selling beats at the Frank stand. <laughs> Remixes and everything. Because I was taught a certain thing that I didn't know before. And a lot of producers these days, they have it. Yo, you're making beats that sounds dope, but you have no pocket where the artist feels like they have to fight to get their flow on, yeah. to be heard. So I look at that and it's like, that's those are two pivotal moments for me. And also linking up with D.I. Angeletti. He told me the same thing where it's like, yo, your beats got to move people. So when I say that, I get that from him. It's like every time it's like a person dances, the beat has, it gives them something to make them move and they're moving with the beat. You know, and that's like the formula for Bad Boy Hits. It's like the beat is always moving. When you look at all the records, even the album cuts, like who shot you? The yeah. beat has pocket for people to move. It's like, all right, you move in between this kick, the snare, and these bells here. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? So looking at it like, I never knew these things. It's like, you know, my interaction with these people is the things that helped me out along the way, even with Tone from Trackmasters. Wow. He was the first person that influenced me to be like, yo, you can make R&B beats. He's like, dude, you got these beats on this tape you gave me. Yo, you should do R&B. And I'm like, because I'm around hip-hop people, like, you don't fuck with no R&B. I'm just doing hip-hop. <laughs> yeah. You know? Wow. Every so the one thing that I had, I had a lot of love from people in the industry to help me and at least cared enough to give me an opinion of what they felt and what I can do. And I make, made that decision myself, and I flourished into what it was. Yeah. Show heard my beats early. Showbiz. Showbiz really? was the first person. Yeah, he heard the beats, and the beats that are on Big L's album, they were Freddie Fox beats. He yeah. took my beats to Flavor Unit, and Fox picked three beats. Jeez. Fox thought they were phenomenal. That so that gay, huh? That must have been one hell of a compliment, jeez. Yeah, I was a kid doing mixtapes. <laughs> and it's like, and it shows like, oh, I like your beats. Yo, let me get that tape. Like, Damn, Freddie Fox wants my tape, shit. Now, he wanted three beats. Like, he picked some from Show, he picked some from me, and I think he picked some from Finesse. So we basically had, like, the whole album. It's an album that Freddie Fox has out where it's like, I forgot what he calls the album, but looking at it, like, all of these things as a person, they shape me because seeing the openness and the givingness and the kindness of all these people. Like, show this something that people don't do. Yo, let me get you a check. So, looking at it like, yo, you can have nothing but love for people like this, and it teaches you how to be in the industry. Mm. You know? Have you ever thought about, like, writing a biography and then dropping, like, a lot of gems within those things, like, about, like, your time and what you learned, instead of just be like, I went through this and that? I could. Okay. For, for one, if I knew the structure of writing a book, I would have to look at it and grab somebody, or I would have to do it myself. Maybe if I can if I can elevate myself now to what, how it was before, because now I know how to handle it, where it's like having a record like Whoa Out and a record like I Love You Out at the same time. Yeah. There was never no promotion on me. Now, if I had promoted me, then it would be different. I can do that, because then I could take my successes and my failures and I could have people do their thing even in a different time because now it's all about when you want to succeed it's all about adaptation you can be the dopest person but if you don't know how to adapt to a different time you're going to be the same person yeah 
And, and there's nothing wrong with adapting to the times. No, it's not. It's nothing wrong with it. If you win this, you can still do what you want. The beauty of it, I can go work with Rome Streets, right? Yes, sir. I can make a dope ass album, and my vision and then his vision, and then I could go and I can make a semi-commercial record on a major label. Yeah, and that's very rare for somebody to do. Yeah, you just got to apply yourself. Hey, I want to do this. I really like you. But then it's like, I also like this guy over here who's signed to Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm not compromising nothing. I think you compromise. People compromise when they when they don't take the opportunity to do it. Okay. Because with giving music, it's like, you're giving the gift of being able to touch people's lives. Mm. So when you're not doing it, it's like, you're throwing that gift away. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely glad that you chose to embrace that gift. Hey, I'm just finding out a lot about it because I looked at it and it's like, people will always ask me and it's like, and I was like, yo, you know what? People just embrace, I was able to help people embrace me and embrace them. Because there was a lot of people who wanted to work with me. Sometimes I never did. And sometimes as a producer, one of the people I look to, look up to now is Pharrell because Pharrell's been pretty consistent through the whole 2000s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And working with a lot of different type of people. You don't have to compromise who you are. Pharrell is still him. Yeah. He could come in. He could work with Jay-Z. He could take a, he could take one of, one of these dudes like Rome Streets. He could take, you know, um, even a dude like AZ. He could take Flea Lord. And it's like he could make an album just as powerful like the clips. <laughs> and he's still being Pharrell. Can I even hurt when he was recording of Noah, he was still dressed in the same way. I don't think Pharrell's ever changed the person. Pharrell loves music, <laughs> and it's like, I think we have that same passion. I think what happens is sometimes when you put a cap on it, you can't put a cap on it and say, hey, I love music, I love rap, but I don't love this. This is where it stops. <laughs> so, in life, we taught to take the good with the bad, right? Yeah. So you have to take it and at least be able to digest it. And if you don't like it, it's the same thing like our food. We shit it out. Shit out what you don't like that's not good for you. And it's like what's good for you will stay there. That's, <laughs> that's big facts right there. Yeah. Um, um, you know? Well, Buckwell, um, I have two more questions for you and I'll let you go. And like I said, I appreciate you doing this. You're a legend. I got to give you flowers because you definitely deserve them. Um, man, I appreciate it, man. It's like for people to love the music, that's the flowers right there that they give you. And it's like, I've seen it even on the internet, how people responding to the records, and I'm like, wow, this is really dope. You know? You must put a smile on your face, too. It's like, damn, you know, I, I did that beat. I, I, I get reactions from these people. And, and, that's, and that's something money can never buy. Because most people, they're more focused on, like, you know, what's the check? Or what, what's the end game going to Cut the check, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to be honest. Where I'm at right now, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> if, if we're doing this locks record and I can get a spot on there, I want that right now. Oh yeah, that's a must. And, and that's that's that's, that's that's what I look at. So okay, um, if I, if you're going to plug me in, with like I could give Corday some beats and y'all listen to it with a different air now and we could work. Ooh. I want that. So I look at it's like not only just embracing cast, but it's like I can move past it. Where it's like after after record is done, I don't need to bask in it for another month or whatever. Or how I come around people and just play the record so they can know what I've done. I've always been blessed to have records that make it their way to people anyway. And if it's not the and if it's not the commercialized people, whatever audience it needs to belong in, it gets there. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like <laughs> that's very true. From from the Faith Evans, I love you record to to like the games record, like it's just versatility. Yeah, I, I I take pride in that because that's the matter. Just really looking and be like, okay, let me give you something that could be like me. You know, and I'm like, yo, you know, I think that that's crazy because it's like looking like the one thing I've learned over the years that make me appreciate people. Um, they don't have to like your music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does, yeah. So they don't have to say you're great. They don't have to say any kind of thing about it. They can say it's whack. They can whatever they feel they want to say, they can say. And because everyone has their own personal taste of what they like. That is so true. Um, you know, and, and we have to figure it out. We got to figure us out. Well, and, and I always say this too, like if the world was a bunch of, if we were all the same, there would be no excitement in this world. There would be nothing new to look forward to. It's like, well, just the same old shit. You're right. Um, well, um, Buck Wild. Now I know a lot, like you, you do a lot of beats. Now is there something that you do that the people might not know, like outside of music? Like, Hold like on. sorry. Like, do you like PS4? Do you like hiking? Do you like? You were saying what? Oh, if you could repeat not, that. Oh, sorry. When you're not making music, you obviously make very, very fire beats. Is there something that the people don't know, like what you like to do, like sightseeing, PS4, uh, photography? Well, to me, I like, um, I'm a big sneaker fanatic. Okay. okay. And I, I like spending time with my kids. Ah, good dad game. I like to hear that. Yes, like, I think that that's most important. So now, like, my oldest daughter, when I was having this long tenure in the 90s and 2000s, like, she was living with me, and it was me and her. Okay. You know? So now I have more kids, and I'm like, okay, cool. I can fix this, and it's like I can make it work a different way because I could work, and I can give you the fruits of I can give you the fruits of labor, uh, you know, and I can give you a different experience, and that's, that's what I want to do. Because that's what we should do when we have a family is make it in the long run, make it easier for them. Yeah, you know, like my kids don't care about the hip hop we do. You know, my son likes like little Uzi Vert and some of these other cats, but oh, he must he be going crazy for the new Uzi Vert that just came out. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him today, but like looking at it, but he also likes Biggie and Nas. Okay, okay. So you know, with the graces of his mom's, his mom's put that in him. Like she plays Biggie a lot. So looking at it, like yo, what they can learn it's like they're not really heavy music people, you know, but. As long as they can be good people and they understand life and it's like even my way of thinking with some of these things they can keep that same way and evolve and even be greater I think that those are the, that's that's what we need we need that evolution of the humanitarians oh that's man, that, that's a whole gem right there yeah because people look and it's like I see people treat other people like shit you know I was yeah. just on the phone with my homie Buddha I think he didn't believe me the first time like, people came in, it's like, it was a guy from, like, we were in, um, uh, who was that? Oh, I was with A. King, who was um, down with Combat Jack, and he walked in, and we was having a discussion about a Nas record, and I was like, hey, that's more for the kids. And so he asked me, and we was in the studio waiting on, you know, Kiss was having a little meeting in the control room, and he was like, well, who's your favorite producers out right now? And I said, y'all, I have to say, you know, my people's Buddha and Grants. And I say that because I'm so proud of them, uh, 
where they when they came in. It's like I can remember when they first came in when I first met them. And then it's like I look and it's like I told them this today. I said, um, you know, you guys kind of you did more than y'all played on half the more than half the album, eight records. You know, me, Brian, Michael Cox, and a couple other people, we did our own records. But for you to take time and do these other cats' records and pull the samples out, replay and do all this other stuff, you're basically kind of oh, your executive produce this album because that's what they do. Executive producers, they sit in the sessions when it's not their session. I was like, dude, when I mixed my record, you was there. Kicking it with me, giving me input. And I was like, yo, you got to see who you are, where you at, and where you come from. Don't let nobody take your flowers away from you. Yeah. And, and that just shows like the passion of like sitting in for somebody else's thing. Because they didn't have to do that. No, he didn't have to be there that day. But just like in his, like he, he's very passionate about music. Yeah. And it reminded me of, of me. And I was like, yo, you know, but don't forget the business. Yeah. So even though you did this, it's like you don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers now. But you could definitely walk in and say, hey, you know what? We executive produced this album. You know, and, you know, it's like you can learn something from our mistakes. You don't have to be the one looking for glory all the time, but it's like you're already making your own glory, and it's like you're not speaking on it, yeah. which is dope. Because it's okay to make mistakes. You just learn along the way. Yeah, and you correct it. Exactly. Um, do you still have any of those mixtapes that you still made? When you- I wish. Okay, I was going to say, when you were living in Cypress Avenue, in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I wish, though, you know? I was going to say, those are probably worth something. Beginning. Yeah, yes, nah, sir. Not even the word, but it's like, it's, it's my beginning. It's like, and I'm proud of what I've done. Or something you to know? even, like, hear back and maybe, like, even re-upload for, for the people to hear if you still had them. Yeah, that's what I would do. If I had them, I would put them on the internet. Is a free download and have a website where people could go and it's like they could download them for a little old school flavor or whatever they feel like if they want to hear like a part of that history. I would definitely do that. Okay. Some people would be like, yo, I could sell it. If I have to put it on a dumb drive, then I have to sell it because then, you know, I'm actually having to spend money to make this happen. Yeah. But if I, but if I just have a site, I'm paying for the site anyway. So if I have to have a little space to, you know, throw up these uh, mixtapes. Hey, you know, you can download it. Yeah. You know? And it will cost you nothing because it's like everything that we do in music, we charge people for. Yeah. So, oh. I'm just like, okay, cool, you know, you get back. And it's like, it's only going to increase, you know? It's like, I don't look at it like, oh, you know, I'm charges and fans that, like, yo, it's people who love what I do. Yeah. If I can do something for them, it's like, I've done it. And if not, you know, that's all cool too. Like, even the instrumental people, like, yo, why you put that on iTunes for free? Yo, you could have sold vinyl. That's cool, but sometimes people just want to hear something without having them, you know, reach in their pocket or see that see that deduction at the end of their bill. Yeah. But see, you also think about the people, too. We need more people like Buckwild in this world. I'm a people person first. Like a lot of people say, like, we could walk down the street and be like, yo, someone stops me and we talk, and it's like, if it's a random day and it's like, depending on how I feel, they'll be like, yo, Let's go where we're going. We're going to come back. He's going to be right there talking to this person. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine, like, some of the conversation you just had just on a good day and they turned out to be somebody. It's like, well, I just talked to this kid on the corner a few months ago. Yeah, that happens, you know? 
happens a lot, but it's like we have to figure out how, you know, we pick and choose, and it's like we got to keep keep it moving on because sometimes you don't know who that person is that's stopping you. And he could be the person who needs the torture, needs that insight. Yeah. So we as people, we have to be like, okay, cool. It's our duty for that. You know, if we didn't get taught something from some people, it's up to us to change those, um, you know, change those variables. And, that, and that's what helps change the world, people, if you're listening. Yeah, and so looking at it, I might be like, okay, cool, yeah, I did this. You know, they could take what you say and be a fan of you speaking to them and take that and it's like, you know, now they're a fan of your work. Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. So that the way you just said that too, it's like you're reading my what's in my mind. Now, when I used to listen to interviews, I used to want to hear something inspirational from the guests, like how you just said, like drop a full gem. Now, this is a question I ask at the end of each episode. Now, the reason why I ask this question is because it's like what you said too. You want to hear maybe something inspirational, and they're a whole and they're a fan of your work after that. So maybe there's. You know, like a 19-year-old listening right now, and they don't know anything about Buckwild until after this episode, and then they're going through something right now, but they don't know what to do. So with that being said, do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Just keep pushing. You keep pushing, you'll push your way to the light. Like, it's not dark forever. Within a day, it's 24 hours a day. Sometimes it's light for 12 hours. Sometimes it's light for like 14 hours. Sometimes it's light for six hours. I was just going to say that. Canada, we began the six-hour days over here. You know, you just have to push. And it's like, long as you can push and stay positive, you know, it can help change. Okay. Wow. Okay. Keep pushing. Now, like, that's what I said to you. And maybe that's all they need to hear. And then that changes the whole perspective. It's like, you know what? I'm going to research everything about Buckwild after hearing that. Yeah, it's just like, it's just sticking with it. You know, too many times we give up as people instead of sticking with it. Hmm. Something happens, stick with it. You can, you can, you can more than likely you can get out of it. Yeah, because if you just give up, you just give up, and you never know. You'll be saying, "What if? What if?" Just keep yeah. Going. Or I could have did this, or I could have did that. Mm-hmm. Stick with it, and no, don't give up. Yeah. If you could, if 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 you can, if if you can find the strength in yourself. And you don't give up. It's like you can do amazing things. And it's like not saying that life is easy, but, you know, life is hard, man. And it's like it's hard not to give up. Yeah. But you just try. Well, with that being said, I hope somebody takes a, what advice Buck Wild just gave and they run with it too. Because he worked with many of legends and he's also a humble legend himself. So this is very rare for somebody to actually be this humble and accomplish what he did. So I just wanna let you know, Buckwell, you are appreciated from everywhere in the world. Man, I appreciate it, you know, and uh, I try to give that right back also. You know? I, I see a lot of people that aren't humble and it's like I just wanna be a person like if I ever came across someone and you know, they would like my energy. Yeah. They'd be like, he you had know? great energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just me. Like, I look at it and it's like, we all come from a place that's like, you know, you have to make changes within yourself and it's like, I've made changes within myself and people see it and it's like, you know, when they see it, they give me energy. Some people I meet, they don't know me, but they just know that I have good energy and it's like, that's a plus and I appreciate that. Yeah. So I just try to, you know, I try to spread what, you know, what I can, what I can reciprocate. 
I want to let you know you're doing an excellent job, Buckwild. No, I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you, the patience, for, you know, with the interview. Oh, anytime. Hey, I understand we all have our own individual lives, especially you. You're a very busy man. So, hey, it's all good, Buckwild. I appreciate it. Yeah, you. but it's like you have an um, obligation. Like, and this is part of the obligation. And it's like I always looked and seen that. And I was like, yo, you know what? It's not media day, but it's like I'm going to do these interviews. So yesterday and today was interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? I'll definitely be looking for the other one you listen to because I always check out every interview you do. All right, man. I, I appreciate it, man. But all right, uh, I'm going to just turn in now so I can get my day started. Oh, yeah. I was just going to so, let you go, Buckwild. All right. I appreciate you, bro. And we'll speak soon. All right. All right? do, Mr. Bassie. Have yourself a good right. one. All right. You too. Bless up. All right.